Awesome. So great once again to be with each of you this morning. It is so great to have some old friends in the house today uh, from a, a few or many years ago. Some new friends today, maybe your first time wherever you're at. We are just happy that you are with us. And uh, it's fun sometimes to get together all in one room, one place. This morning, if you're new with us, we have all of our kids that are six and over with us in the house. And so all of our kids, could you maybe, this is your moment, if you're a student in the place, uh, 12 and under, could you give us a, this is your moment to make a lot of noise, yell real loud on the count of three, you can make your noise, this is it, for the next 30 minutes, and then I'm sure there won't be a peep out of any of them, it'll be really great, so here we go, three, one, two, three, there we go, that's not too bad, not too, oh, that one, that added it in, I like it, a little bit of extra energy in the room, but we're gonna have a fun Sunday morning, and then all of you youngins in the room, and Everybody else, snow cones here in a few minutes. I'm excited. We had these for our daycare maybe a month ago, and they are the best snow cones I've ever had. If you like sugar and lots of flavor, which that's my love language, then it's going to be out there, and it's going to be a great time. And uh, just hope that everyone will stick around and hang out and just have a good time. We want to be sure you know that we have a few things that are coming here in the next couple weeks. In fact, next Sunday morning, two services, 9.30 and 11, our normal schedule. But we're going to have walking tacos after each service. So you don't need to make lunch plans. In fact, you do need to make lunch plans. Bring somebody with you. We'll provide the lunch. We're going to have a good time. So join us for walking tacos. And then in two weeks, we are going to have a chili cook-off and Jersey Sunday. And so what that means is you are the ones cooking off. So we need you to sign up. In fact, you can go to radiant.family. Uh, you can just scroll down to the upcoming events. And we would love for you to sign up to be a part of our chili cook-off. Now, real fast, how many of you make chili in the room? Like how many? There's, okay, so we should have at least 30 or 40 chilies. So be sure to sign up. Get it all. You can sign up for a service uh, specific. You can sign up. Just stay all day long. That works as well. And then we will have a winner, and we will announce that on the following Sunday, which will then begin our movie uh, Sunday. We'll have two of those as our goal. So the whole month of September, bring people with you. Bring new people. We are just going to have a great time. Food. Everybody loves food. We're going to have food. We're going to have fun. And uh, it's just going to be great. The rest of the month, 9.30 and 11, 11, normal schedule, kids' ministries, all those things. While Pastor Mike's in here uh, today, there's no kids in that room, only five and under. So welcome. Thank you, Pastor Mike and all of the team. We're so thankful for our kids ministry team. Every week, just serving faithfully. And uh, sometimes we know because you have your shirts on. Other times we don't even know. But thank you. We're so, so grateful for what you do pouring into the students of Radiant Life Church. And uh, I said 30 minutes. Now we're down to 27 minutes. So I better get going, right? Because otherwise it's not going to happen. And uh, so we're going to just jump into what the Word would have for us today. Now, this last week, uh, on Thursday actually, it was an exciting day because for our area, we're a part of the Assemblies of God, we had our area minister meeting, our area conference, as we would have called it, and we had one of the coolest uh, times, I think, for our church. Pastor Dave has been a presbyter, a executive presbyter, general presbyter, like all of the kinds of leadership you can be in the state. Uh, I then have been presbyter. Uh, then May was voted as the executive presbyter over region, which means there's about 50 churches in the greater, or in the Columbus uh, region and region six. And so I get to be a part of just helping churches and pastors hopefully do ministry better, encourage, build up, lift up. Uh, and then that left a, a vacancy for area presbyter. 
and for assistant presbyter. And this last Thursday night, super exciting, but Pastor Ashley, our, our team's pastor, she was voted in as our, our presbyter for the area, which means pouring into the team of our area, which is perfect, which is super exciting. And uh, we're excited that she is going to be jumping back in after maternity leave here this week and just pumped to have her back and uh, thankfully her health stuff and all the, just better and better. That's what we're praying. So we're praying for a completion there. Just excited about that. And then same night, Tiffany Crosby was elected as our assistant presbyter for our area. Where's it? Come on. Woo! And so that was exciting. A couple of first things. The first, I, I hope I get these right, the first female elected as a, an area presbyter was Pastor Ashley. Uh, I, think, I think Tiffany took a few different things. I'm not sure. Uh, but our first African-American, I believe, elected as an a assistant superintendent. Definitely the first, uh, what did I say? Uh, not assistant superintendent, assistant presbyter. That would be another another one. She's like, I didn't sign up for that. I don't want any part of that. Woo. But all that to say, it's just cool. So I love the fact that the church of Jesus Christ is strong and moving forward. And I love the fact that if you are in the room, maybe some of our young girls in the room, our young boys, if you are a boy or a girl, whatever color your skin is or whatever, if you were created by God, and if you're in the room, you were created by God, God can use you in whatever God wants to use you in. And I just want to be sure that you hear that. Youngest to oldest in the room, wherever you're at, God can use you. And so it's just fun watching our fellowship, the Assemblies of God, just take steps that have been a part of what, who we are, uh, but even in new ways and in awesome ways going forward. And thankful, so thankful to you, Radiant Life Church. We, I pray, make an impact in your life. I pray we make an impact in our area, in Dublin, Columbus, but we get to also make an impact that you may never see or feel personally in other churches and other ministries that we get to pour into in small ways sometimes, in bigger ways other times. And it all is possible because of you, your faithfulness, your faithfulness in giving and supporting and coming and growing the kingdom of God right here as God moves and as we just say yes to him. And so thank you for being a part uh, in that. If you have not... Uh, jumped on and become a part of Radiant Life Church and giving. You can go to radiant.family, recurring giving, all that stuff. We just are thankful. We get to support 80 missionaries all over the world, uh, mission organizations. It happens because of you. We get to reach Columbus, Ohio, and the rest of the world. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Back to Thursday. On Thursday, uh, on Wednesday, I was like, I, you know what? I think we need to go to Cedar Point, our family. All right, we're homeschooled. We can do it because school is in, and I was told there would be no lines at Cedar Point, but pretty much. And that's exactly what happened. We were there for about three and a half hours, which if you're a Cedar Point person, on a Saturday, we're going to go as a youth group here on the 17th. That means like one ride, maybe two rides in three and a half hours. Two would be like, it, they just take forever, hour and a half, two and a half hour lines. But for in three and a half hours, we rode eight roller coasters, including the top three or four that were there, a uh, million force twice. It was awesome. Three and a half, like, you know, two hours there, three and a half hours there, and then we drove back two hours. But on the way, I saw the most ridiculous thing I have seen in a long, long time. Probably maybe as far as a half mile in front of us on the road, driving along. And all of a sudden, I just see nothing else besides a massive, like, plume of water just go flying up in the air. 
I'm like, what was that? I, I literally said, hey guys, look at this. There's just this huge thing of water. And then all of a sudden, we see something that goes right along with the weirdness. This vehicle just goes, like, all of a sudden appears on the road. And you could tell it's still scooting. Uh, I didn't know if it turned on fast. I didn't know what was happening. So I'm like, hey, let's look. The road has to be soaking wet because there was this huge thing of water. After 20 or 30 seconds, we get to the spot where it is, and there is mud and dirt and grime all over the road, and you can see on the side. The ditch was deeper than from here to the floor. I mean, the car had to have disappeared. You could see tire tracks, like, flew through the air, smashed into this huge thing of water in the ditch. Was, I don't know why there was water there. Everywhere else was dry. This huge thing of water. There's mud tire tracks, and somehow this car drives through and goes up a super steep hill and gets back on the road. I have no clue how this happened without flipping the car, without getting stuck in the ditch, without anything. But what was the craziest thing to me is the guy never stopped. He just kept going. Now, you have to just get a little of the feel here. The back bumper is now like half ripped off and underneath there's pieces of the car dragging on the ground. There's grass and mud like hanging down. Right when we got to him, I mean, there was a lot by, as it kind of wore off as it went, just running on the ground. The front bumper had some issues. The side panel had some issues. The other side panel, like he destroyed the little stuff that all the stuff attached to his car, but never stopped, never looked at it, never did nothing. So we then 20 to 30 minutes later, uh, literally we, see the guy pull because there was a stoplight so we caught up with him we were super thankful because we wanted to see it and then he pulled into a gas station and my family we couldn't see the front right so my family's like we gotta stop stop so i was like we need gas it's okay so we pulled off behind him just so we could look at this dude's car because he wrecked his car and just kept going the speed limit acted like nothing happened everything's fine what i just could not believe it. when he got out the guy he's kind of like he just opened his door, shut it, walked inside, still didn't really look at his car. Then after a few minutes, I'm pumping my gas, like, this guy, this is amazing. Then he comes back out, and then he looks at it, and he kind of walks around it. He starts trying to bang in the back bumper, trying to reattach stuff. He just kept going, like, what in the world? I don't know if he fell asleep. I don't know what the situation was. But then he got back in his car and just drove off. It's like, I pray that when I wreck my car someday, I pray I never do, but if so, that I just do the same. Like, not into another vehicle. That would be illegal. But, uh, you know, just, I'm going to act like nothing happened. It's all good. My car is falling apart. Like, it's, who cares? Like, I wonder if he's still driving it. Like, ah, it's fine. It's just hanging off. It doesn't matter. But I begin to think, I, I feel in our life, there are times when, have you ever maybe had an issue or a problem or situation and stuff's hanging off and, it's like, ah, my life's falling apart, and I don't really know what to do, but eh, it's fine. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep living. I'm going to keep maybe even at church serving, or I'm going to keep doing my thing, and it, it's not that big a deal, which is ridiculous. It's a massive deal. You just wrecked your car. Your life's in shame. Like, it's a massive deal. And I believe that in Philippians, we actually see a church that is on the opposite side. Paul, his prison epistles, he's always writing you guys have issues. You're sexually immoral. You guys, uh, you have issues. Uh, you have relational problems. There's all these things, any, things that anybody can have at any moment. But in Philippians, it's more like, good job, everyone. Keep up the good work. Keep it going. Keep kicking. But even in the health of this church, 
he says, now let's pick it up a notch. And when I think of my life and when I think of our church and when I think individually around the room, not knowing your situations or where you're at or what's going on, I believe that whether we have parts of our vehicle, ourselves, our lives, our hearts, our, our health, whatever, just like hanging on the ground and we're just going to keep going, it's fine. Or whether maybe you've got the nice car right before it went in the ditch. He had a, it was a new car. It was nice until he wrecked it. It's not time to be like, I've got a nice car. I don't need to do anything anymore. I'm good. No, Paul would say, in those moments, let's move ahead in what God has. And so we're going to look at the book of Philippians here for the next uh, several weeks, maybe even longer than that, at what God would speak to us. But a few things that we see in Paul's letters are greetings. We see grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is just his way of saying hello. This is kind of his, his normal thing. The saints, Christians in, Philipp, Philippi, or, uh, in Philippi, the overseers, those that uh, would, would oversee the group uh, and, and would help in leadership, the deacons, those who recognize positions of service. In verse 1 we see, he's saying to everybody, there's nobody that's not a part. If you're a part of what God's doing, and if you're in the house today, I believe God has got you on some sort of a journey. Why would you be at a church if maybe he's not speaking something to you? And it's all right if you're like, I don't know where that is. I don't know how I fit in. That's okay. I believe God will reveal through his word, through his spirit to you. And that journey is part of what we're doing here. Which means if you're in the house, he would be writing like, this is for you. It's to leadership. It's to the pastors and the, the lay leaders and to the people that help and the people that serve and to the people that show up. That's what he is writing to. To the people of the church. We continue on, and there's, there's thankfulness that we see, and specifically in verse 6, it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. He's saying, that, man, there's been a partnership. This was a church that he started uh, maybe 10 years before. He's poured into them and poured into them. He is pumped. He's like, thank you. Thank you for being on the right track. Thank you that I don't have to call out all the sin in your life. Thank you that there's not necessarily crazy things that are going on. But, but thank you also that he is going to finish the good work. What has begun in you is going to carry on. Which means you might be where you're supposed to be. And there's a long way. Let's do this. Let's grow. Let's grow. Let's become more like him. Let's act more like him. And one day in heaven, there's not going to be tears and death and sorrow, and sin, and I'll tell you what, I personally, I, would, I think we all should, I look forward to the days when heaven is my home, when Jesus is face to face, and where I get to worship him, and lift him up, and no longer are people going to say things, and by people, I mean me, I'm not going to say things that I shouldn't say, I'm not going to do things I shouldn't do, I'm going to be with him, my life, it's going to be so different, and mostly Jesus right there. We're going to worship and praise. And the little bit of glimpse we get when we worship together, why I love it so much, is going to be just perfect. Not my issues or problems. There's not going to be any of that stuff. It's going to be great. And he says, thankful. He's so thankful for this church in Philippi. Thankful for what has begun and thankful for what is coming in the future. He continues on and talks about his affection for the church in verse 8. He says, for God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul is saying you are like the model church, the model thing that I started. I wish everything else went as well as it went with you. Because uh, if so, that would be great. In fact, you know, I love it 
that how I would read it, he's saying, man, some just didn't go quite like you guys. Right? Have you ever done something and you're like, it just didn't go quite how you wanted it to? I, I can just feel it. Like, I love Paul. I, I feel like he, man, I, we would have been friends. I really believe we would have been friends. But I think he's like, man, it didn't go this good everywhere, but so thankful. You guys are killing it. It is awesome. I want to come be with you. I want to come see you. And he's literally in jail. He can't come at this exact moment, right? But he's like, come on, you guys are great. I also just want you to pick up on this letter as we continue on through it. This dude is in jail. He's in prison. And not like our prison with cable, TV, and all this. He's in terrible situations a lot of times. Sometimes house arrest throughout the New Testament. But he worships and he praises and he has joy and he gives glory to God no matter the situation he's in. And I'll, I'll just throw it out there. Maybe if that's what we did with ourselves, maybe our perspective would be different. Maybe our outlook would be different. Maybe the speed at which we get through things would be different. And I don't want to be sitting here, ah, oh, woe is me. No, God, you are good. You are great. And Paul says, I can't come, so I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to say worship the king of kings. I'm going to give praise and honor and glory. There's something about saying, Lord, you're good. You are good, and I love you, and thank you, church in Philippi. And, I, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, Lord, I want Radiant Life Church to be a church that if Paul was writing a letter to, he's like, yeah, there's always stuff to work on, but you guys are killing it. You're knocking it out of the park. You're, you're doing the stuff. Pastor K, so good. Just Your group, you're meeting together. You're not only like at a big thing or even a football game. So I just have to take a second. Last night, we had probably 200 people right at that came out for the Ohio State football game. Uh, it was a, a challenge because you want to hear the football game, but like at least 100 of you were just talking the whole time, so we couldn't hear the football game. So we kept turning up the game, and then it was so loud, anybody get a headache? Like, it was so loud, there was so much, uh, it was awesome. Like, it was, it was probably just as fun, probably more fun, and you saved about $1,000 as going to the game was being in the gym last night. Uh, it was a blast. Like, community is what it's about. Small groups, being able to pour into each other, being able to see, I believe this church, they got it. They were together. They were being encouraged. And Paul would go on and say, I'm going to pray for you. I'm praying for you. And even in the midst of prayer, there's joy that comes from me. In fact, it says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. And there's a few things as we uh, just talk on these last couple verses that I want us to focus in on today, specifically around love. Specifically, what is it maybe in our uh, lives that can change verse, based on here, this, these last couple verses, or 9 through 11. He says, let your love grow. I believe no matter where you are in your life, if you've been married, or if you're married right now and you've been married for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, a few decades, uh, maybe more than a few decades, can I tell you, if you want your marriage to be good, let your love grow. If you stop letting your love grow, your marriage is not going to be very good anymore. It will happen fast. And I want us to know in a church community, if we don't let our love grow for one another, if we don't let our heart grow for one another, if we don't let our care grow for one another, then we will quickly be disunified. We will quickly have no effectiveness in what we do. We will quickly not have 200 people come out to a football game. Once again, probably half of the people cared about the game. Maybe the other half didn't care about the game because it didn't really matter about the game, right? The game was not the point, although it was fun. And thankfully, if you're a Buckeye fan, we finally pulled it out. 
I say, John, uh, Jessica, you were at the Michigan game yesterday. I was hoping for that sort of a game, a Georgia just demolishing uh, uh, Oregon game. That did not happen, but we won, right? It was fun, but guess what? The game was not what it was about. In fact, John and Jessica at the Michigan game, I hope your relationship is what it's about. The, the community, being together is what it's about. We must let our love grow, and we cannot let our love grow if we're not hanging out. If we're not with each other, if we're not serving together, if we're not meeting together, if we're not hanging out together. And I'm thankful that Sunday mornings get to be a part of that, but I'm also thankful that's not the end of it. Right now we have right about a third of our church uh, adults that are signed up for life groups, which is awesome. That's amazing. But you know what would even be better than a third? Half. That's right. Or two-thirds. Like all of us being together because our love will grow for each other as we hang out together, as we encourage each other. That's what it's about. Paul is saying, let it continue. Let it abound. No matter how much love you have for others, you can still have more. And I want you to, to know that, to feel that. God has great things for you. God has great things for us. And your love can continue to grow. The second thing that we see here is, uh, is that there needs to be a growth in our knowledge and our discernment, right? It, it goes on and it continues. Your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. And there's a, a thing in our world right now where it's like, well, if we love each other, then we don't care what each other does. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter. And just let everything be. It's fine. And I love that Paul, he just thinks through it. And it's not like just have love for whatever and anything and it doesn't matter. No, he says, there needs to be discernment. There needs to be knowledge in what that looks like. Because if there's not knowledge, if there's not discernment, then how in the world am I going to know what I'm supposed to do? I need the love of God to be poured out in my life so that you can prove what is excellent and be pure and blameless. And I want to encourage us as a church. The word of God is what it's all based on. This book is what it's all about. And if I don't have the love I have for people, for relationships, for friendships, for, for my church, for my world, if it doesn't all go through the word of God, then I'm like, sweet, let's love more. But if it doesn't fit under something, then it doesn't actually lead us anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't get us to better or to more health. It doesn't get us to a place where we're now undercovering. It doesn't give us to a place where now these groups are going to be better and our love for each other is going to be better because it's whatever I want, whatever I feel, whatever I have. The word of God keeps us from saying, well, I feel this way, so I'm going to do this thing. The word of God says, no, what does the word say? What does the truth say? What is sometimes the direct commandment of the word say and other times what does the principle of the word say? It means that someone did something. I'm not going to lose my mind on them, right? I'm not going to uh, do whatever it might be. I'm going to be an appropriate response for what it is. It means that when I, uh, when I have a response in a group or when someone says it, it's, it's okay. Because we're all in this together. We're all growing. We're all learning. We're all maturing. We're all trying to figure out, Lord, how do I live and walk and use what you've given me to love better, to care more. So often in our, in our church world, if we think of young people, there's terrible statistics for people that go from high school into college that fall away from the Lord. And why? Because, oh, let's love, but does the word give the basis of our love? And if not, then at any moment I could go wherever I want to go. 
I'll fall away from what is right. And we see oftentimes that people will come back later on because they learn the hard way that just loving, just doing, just having doesn't actually bring fulfillment in our life. Because there must be discernment. There must be a knowledge of understanding the word of God is real so that I can approve what is excellent. So that I can walk a life that is pure and blameless. That can avoid and stay away from sin. And why? Because sin hurts me. It hurts others. That's what sin is. So when I just walk in what I want to walk in, I miss out on what God has. I miss out on what he's speaking. I miss out on the word and the, the truth of who he is in my life. Love must be led by the knowledge and discernment that is only from Jesus. It doesn't come from my news channel of choice. It doesn't come from my culture. It doesn't come from any show on Netflix or Hulu or Prime or whatever your thing is. None of them. It comes from Jesus and the word of God. It must flow from him. And even as he continues on, and how do we do this? How do we experience this? How do we have him move in such a, a mighty way is that we have to love sincerely and without offense. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but that is sometimes the hardest part about loving more and caring more is now I've got a group and now someone said something and now it hurts more. Because I care for them. In a large setting, if someone says something, I can just brush it off. Like, who cares? I don't even really know them. But there's something about saying, Lord, I need your love. I need your knowledge, your guidance. I need to be blameless so that when something comes, I'm not going to fall away. Or I'm not going to just give up on someone because there was a comment or a thing. Or whatever it might be. No, Lord, help me to align with your word so that no matter what is going on around me, I can love without offense. Lord, I don't want to be like that guy driving his car, wrecking his car, and just keep driving. I'm not talking about not dealing with the situation. I'm not talking about, eh, it's not that big. No, we might have to have a conversation. That's cool. But then we go to the other side because, Lord, we're going to walk blamelessly before you. And my goal is not to tear somebody down, but to build somebody up, even if we have a disagreement. Lord, I want you to be better than you were, no matter whether there was something that fell off to me or hurt me or whatever those things might be. Lord, I still want your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, your purity in my life. We must have the Lord to walk sincere lives of love without offense. It's not necessarily easy. It's not necessarily something that's natural, but Lord, with your help, we can do it. We can love more. We can care more. We can discern better. We can walk in purity. We can even say, Lord, no offense is going to take me out. No offense is going to get me to stop. No, we're going to push on together and work through the things that we would have. Guess what? You have a couple, three, four hundred people, part of a church. There's going to be offense. 100%, I can guarantee, just stick around. There'll be things. It's cool. Like, it's not cool, but we're going to have it. Like, you can know it. Just mark it up. Probably, you know, maybe a good year. Be like, woo, and then there'll be like something that happens. That's what happens. But when we work through it and we love each other and we care for each other, then we can even walk through and say, no, I'm not going to let offense be what holds in my life. No, it's not going to happen. Your truth, your power, your goodness, that's what's going to pour forth from me. That's what it is all about. 
Because then you can be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And that's what I pray today, that we would walk in the fruit of righteousness. We'd walk looking more like Jesus. We'd walk talking more like Jesus. We'd look like and be under the word of God more. And because of that, the fruit of our life, of what we do, of who we are, would go to the next level because we love each other and we care for each other and we want the best for each other. And we can deal with and walk through anything that would take place. The good, whoo, come on. The fun football games and the fun groups, but also sometimes when it's like, oh, this got a little bit messier than I like. I don't, no one likes messy, but it's okay because we're going to love and care and push each other on to the best things of God. We're going to abide in love. In fact, here in a few minutes, we're going to go have some snow cones, and this is my word of choice for you. More, please. Can I get more, right? Like, can we think the love of God? More, please. I want more love. I want more love for Jesus. I want more love for my, my fellow man or woman in the room. I want love for uh, kids that are up here talking, right? Like, whatever your thing. We want more love to let God move. It's exciting. It's fun. And you know, just like this room today, with some extra noise, you know what is better than anything else when everyone doesn't know exactly what to do because they haven't been around for 20 years? Maybe some people in the room that this whole church thing's new. It is so much fun having you. And while you're figuring out what we do, and sometimes what we do might be a little weird, because it's just what, I don't know, it's what we do. You might be like, what is happening when we love for each other, and we have care for each other? You're going to see, and we're going to see the fruit of the righteousness of God bellow up within us, be pushed out so that our world can see. And then the goal, once again, not just to be here, but to go, to make a difference, to see one more person, one with the love of Jesus, because it's what it's about. Life is good. He's got you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And let's watch him move in you. And my prayer this morning is that if anybody in the house, you feel like that car that just ran in the ditch, you've got stuff hanging down, today is the day to say, Lord, I'm not going to carry the stuff. I'm not going to carry with a bumper hanging off anymore. I'm not going to carry and have grass and parts of my vehicle dragging on the ground anymore. Nope. And maybe specifically around relationships specifically around letting people in. I want to pray for you, and then I would ask you, maybe get in the Word this week. Philippians is a great book. Ask the Lord, Lord, would you heal me? Would you cleanse me? Because I don't want to not have what God has for me now and in the future because of what happened in the past. And God can take your car, just like take it to a body shop, except he can do it in faster than two or three months. He can do it quicker. Right? But there's a process, but he can heal you. So you're like, you know what, I'm going to give it a whirl again. And my prayer is that you'll get in a group and you'll find one and it'll be perfect. But you know what, if you go to one, you're like, I don't think this is going to work. Pastor Brian, myself, one of our team, we would love to be sure. We'll keep trying to you get in the right spot. You're not stuck somewhere you don't want to be. No, we want and believe that it can work. But maybe there's those wounds today. Let's not just dive in the ditch and hopefully get out. But no, let's let God heal and restore and make new Say, yes, God, we're in. We're going to abide in love. We're going to abide in your goodness. We're going to abide in your truth. We're going to let the power of God be poured forth in a special, in a real way. So, Lord, this morning we are thankful for you. We're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for how you have shown yourself in our lives and over and over again in the word of God. And, Lord, we would ask you today that you would let your truth be made real in us. 
Lord, we want the fruit of righteousness. Lord, our lives to look like you. And Lord, we want more love. More love for you. Sometimes more love for how you created us, God, that, that we would have confidence in who you made us to be. And Lord, we want more love for the people in this room. Lord, we're thankful that Paul could write to the Philippians, to the church in Philippi, and say, you're going to do it. You're going to make it. What is begun is going to be completed. Lord, we're thankful. And we, we today speak that over ourselves. What you have begun, continue to do. Complete that. And someday in heaven, it's going to be final. But Lord, on the road, we're going to look more and more and more like you. And so, Lord, we pray if someone or maybe many today feel like that guy that wrecked his car and just kept driving and they feel like they've just been driving for a long time, we would ask you to heal, to restore, to make new. We would ask you, God, to, to put those bumper pieces back on. Lord, to bring new pieces in and replace them, whatever it is. Lord, so that we aren't just dealing with what we've had in the past and we're just carrying it along. But Lord, we would lay it down at your feet. We'd be made new. And what happened, Lord? It wasn't of you. It wasn't right. It wasn't good. But Lord Jesus, you didn't leave us. You didn't forsake us. You say, no, what I've begun in you, I will carry to completion. And we're thankful that you make us new. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. You are so good. Bless this church. Bless these people. Lord, as we have snow cones, as we hang out, as we have a good time together, Lord, we are thankful and just ask you to move, to show up in such a powerful, powerful way, even as we just have fun fellowshipping together. Lord, we're thankful. You're so good. Bless the rest of our day, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you all. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of our Labor Day Rad Fam Family Sunday. It was great having all the kids in the house today, the extra energy. I love it. You all are awesome. Uh, for your sake, we're glad you have Kids Church, but it's good. Every once in a while, we love having you in the room. Um, I, I'm going to guess that there is a snow cone truck out front. Uh, if not, th there is. I hear there is, so we're going to be good. But we love you. But one last thing before we leave, if you are new, we have our party with the pastors, and this is how this is going to work. We're going to meet for five minutes in the glass area, and then if you are new with us and never been to party with the pastors, everybody else have to listen. You can't get upset. We are then going to cut the line in the snow cone. We're going to go right to the front of the line. So if you are new, you don't have to rush out there to get in the front of the line. Come to party with the pastors, then we're going to cut the line, and if you're in line at that point, you're just going to have to wait a couple more minutes because our new people are going to get snow cones, and uh, that would be great. But it's just a time to meet us, and we want to meet you and get to know you. And today we have such an awesome group of people, so thankful that you are here, and love you all. Remember next week, walking tacos, bring a friend, come out, two services, 9.30 and 11. Uh, prayer Tuesday morning, uh, six to six, 7 to 8, 7 to 8. Uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, children's ministry, uh, in here, prayer, worship in the word great stuff. We love you all. This week, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus and party with the pastors and snow cones begins right now.